for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show, we're joined by our most masochistic writer here at The Athletic, also known as baseball columnist Grant Frisbee, to discuss the conclusion of his absolutely ridiculous quest to rank the 50, that's right, I said 50 greatest home runs in San Francisco Giants history. It's Monday, June 1st. Well, Grant, 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 I have always thought, and I think you know this, I've always thought you were a tad bit off. Good. But when I saw that you had taken it upon yourself to rank the 50 greatest home runs in San Francisco Giants franchise history, not five, not 10, 50 greatest home runs, I'll be honest, you jumped from a tad bit off to flat out crazy in my mind. So wondering what awful thing that you did in another life that compelled you (laughs) to take on a task like this in this one, Grant, you're crazy. This is what I do. It's a failing. It's a it's a, a little fissure in my brain <laughs> to where I will have an idea and sort of realize ah, that this will take forever and I'll just go, no, and I'll do it. But it, it usually turns out well. I did this piece for the National Athletic site where I took every team and I like made a roster out of all the players you don't remember being on that team, like <laughs> Steve Carlton on the Giants and Willie Mays in the Mets, Warren Spahn on the Mets, stuff like that. I like the idea. It, it was received well, but it took for ever. And I still got a lot wrong. And that's what this is like. It's like I sort of knew it was going to take just way too much research. And I knew I was going to get stuff wrong and make people upset. But I still go, oh, well. (laughs) So where did you where did you even start? Because again, not five, not 10, 50 greatest home runs. Where did you start? My first idea was 25. And I thought, you know, that's a great number. It's a Barry Bonds themed Mm -hmm. number. It's manageable. And then I made a list of 25 and there wasn't a Willie McCovey on there. And I thought, that's weird. And and you're missing all sorts of home runs when you're just limiting it to 25. <laughs> you know, maybe you have, you, you don't have the Connor Gillespie, uh, a wild card winning home run. And that seems pretty darn cool. You're missing out on Bonds hitting number 70 or Aubrey Huff in the World Series or the JT Snow home run. You're, you're starting to miss out on all these. And I, I kind of wanted to tell all these stories. I wanted to relive Andres Galarraga almost hitting the glove. I wanted to relive, you know, Barry Bonds hitting one that Tim Salmon said, that's the furthest ball I've ever seen hit in my life. Like, I just wanted to tell the story. And, you know, to be honest, it wasn't that much work. It was like a lot of fun to just dig in and tell a lot of these stories. Okay. Well, obviously, folks, I highly encourage you to read every installment of this series that Grant has put together. But for the sake of this podcast, we're focusing on the five greatest home runs in San Francisco Giants history. So without further ado, Grant... At number five, what home run do we have? That would be Buster Posey's Grand Slam in the 2012 National League Divisional Series against Matt Latos. It's got a perfect combination of Giants fans just really don't like Matt Latos. It's (laughs) also uh, the Giants shouldn't have been in a position to win that series. They were awful the first three games, and they still somehow survived. And they won the series, and that led to a World Series, which is still hard to believe. And see, it was crushed. It was a beautiful home run, a grand slam, and all of it together, it's a, it's a pretty good cocktail. Pagan in third, Scudero in second, Sandoval at first, the pitch. There's a swing, a long high fly ball deep to left field, and upper deck! Goodbye! A grand slam for Buster Posey! 
Yeah, and it was crazy to me. I had forgotten that the Giants had lost the first two games of the NLDS at home by a score of 14 to 2. And that was something you emphasized when you were describing this home run. They left San Francisco looking like the worst team in the world. They had no chance. And yet they figured out a way to, to come back and win that series. Three straight elimination games in Cincinnati. And the Buster Posey granny helped him do it. Okay, which brings us to number four. What is number four on the list, Grant? Number four is Bonds hitting his 71st home run in 2001. You know, as someone who was around for Maguire Sosa, who remembers being captivated by that, even though I didn't care about the Cubs or the Cardinals, it almost, it happened too soon. And it's been a little underrated. And all the steroids and the Mitchell reports, that doesn't help. But at the same time, to watch one player hit 71 freaking home runs in a season, you just don't, like, it's remarkable. And he didn't have to break that record. You know, there were just three games left. Anyone can go homerless in three games. It was exciting. It was fun. It was like a a recognition of the ridiculousness you had watched all season. Here's the 1-0 pitch. Bond swings and there it is to right center field. Way back to the flagpoles. He did it. Bonds did it. Barry Bonds is the new king of the home run world. What do you remember about how opponents dealt with Barry back in 2001? The walks and the intentional walks, it was wild. And that's part of the beauty of it is is that he just watched every at-bat was this battle, not between Bonds and the pitcher always, but Bonds and the pitcher and the manager, Bonds, the pitcher and the catcher. It was sort of this this cat and mouse game where, okay, well, what are they going to do? Are they going to intentionally walk them, unintentionally intentionally walk them? Are they going to be too careful and miss? Are they going to be too careful and miss inside the strike zone? Like it was just, you were expecting Bonds to do the thing. And a lot of times that season, Bonds did the thing. That's not how baseball works. And the crazy thing was, is again, you reminded me of, was that oftentimes even the pitcher would know, okay, Barry Bonds is going to hit a home run off of me, but my manager and I are deciding not to walk him. Here we go. And like you said, he would then do the thing, which is crazy just remembering that. Every pitcher who's in the major leagues was the best player on his team for a long, long time, through Little League, through high school, probably through college. If, you know, a lot of times in the minor leagues, you have a lot of uh, just sort of confidence. Sometimes it's arrogance. And there is a lot of pitchers, I would think, who could look in at Barry Bonds and say, you know what, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to get this guy. And that's funny. And then there's also (laughs) pitchers who would look in and say, what am I doing here? I can't do this. And that's also funny. Like, no matter where you fall in that confidence spectrum, it was like engaging to watch. (laughs) Okay, which brings us to number three. What is the number three greatest home run on your San Francisco Giants list, Grant? That would be Bonds 756, where he passes Mm. Hank Aaron. And I may be biased because this is the highest ranking home run that I've attended, but it's still... It's everything that was ridiculous about 71 home runs, but it is more so. It's extended. It's it's just like an elaborate version of the 71 home runs where you got to see this guy do that. And when Bonds came to the Giants, it wasn't even in anyone's head that this was a possibility. And you kind of know that he got it through some ill-gotten gains. And, and I get that maybe it's not as pure as you'd want it to be, but when he joined the Giants, he was already... 27. He was about to enter his age 28 season. He had as many home runs through his age 27 season as, say, Jay Bruce. And you weren't thinking Jay Bruce at 27 had a chance to pass Hank Aaron. It just <laughs> right. it, it, it doesn't make sense. So 
what that means is all those home runs, not all, but just a chunk, a vast majority came in a Giants uniform and Giants fans got to watch it. And if you want to know why these fans are still chanting Barry, Barry, whenever he's doffing his cap, it's because he's responsible for a lot of endorphins. He fired off a lot of chemicals in these people's brains and you can't unlearn that. Bonds one home run away from history and he swings and there's a long one deep in the right center field way back there it's gone a home run into the center field bleachers to the left of the 421 foot marker an extraordinary shot to the deepest part of the yard and Barry Bonds with 756 home runs he has hit more home runs than anyone who has ever played the game all right which brings us to the final two Grant what have you deemed the second greatest home run since the Giants moved west. Second to me is Edgar Renteria in 2010. Mm. Uh, It is the home run. It's a World Series winning home run. And I had someone in the comments say, I can't buy this being that important of a home run because if if that doesn't happen, the Giants still go back to San Francisco. They've got a 3-2 World Series lead. Uh, You know, they're going to clean it up at home. And boy, that is just not what Giants fans thought back then. (laughs) That is not the history of the San Francisco Giants. The history of the San Francisco Giants was always one shoe up in the air ready to drop right in your face. (laughs) If he doesn't hit that home run... Man, I do not know what happens, but I have a feeling it's not going to be good. I'm picturing Benji Molina with a triple in Game 7. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's Benji Molina winning it for the Rangers yep. in Game 7 of the 2010 World Series. Like, I could see that with a triple <laughs> inside the Park Homer. Who, who cares? When he hit that home run, it was sort of final. Like, it was like, I think the Giants might do this. Lead pitches. Renteria hits a high drive. Deep left center field. David Murphy going back. He's on the warning track. It is gone! Edgar Renteria has hit a three-run homer against Cliff Lee. And the Giants lead here in the World Series three to nothing. But I spent the next, I don't know, half an hour or whatever, worrying that the other shoe was still going to drop. So that's why it wasn't my number one. Still got to be up there, though. Okay, so that was why. Because of the worries that all of us who lived through 2002 had since what happened in 2002. Because of that worry, what did you move past Renteria into the number one spot? That would be Travis Ishikawa's pennant winner in 2014. It's very simple. When you grow up and you hear the highlight over and over again, if, you, if you're if you even just on the periphery of baseball, you're hearing the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant. It's a sports moment that even non-baseball fans know. And it's because winning the pennant is a big deal. Going to the World Series, the hope that that sort of offers immediate excitement that it offers. It's something that is like unmatched in baseball other than winning game seven of the World Series with one swing, like uh, Joe Carter or something. That's the Royal Flush. Winning a pennant with a home run is the four of a kind. Like it's just hard to beat that. You one swing, you don't worry about tomorrow. All you're doing is celebrating that immediate baseball moment like nothing you've ever celebrated before. Now the stretch. Here it comes. Swing and there's a drive deep into right field, way back there. Goodbye! A home run for the game and for the pennant. The Giants have won the pennant, and Travis Ishikawa is being clobbered by his teammates as he comes down the third base line and he is mobbed at home plate. How much of an impact did the fact that Travis Ishikawa was the giant who hit it? have on placing the homer in the top spot. 
It gives it bonus points, to be sure. But I think it would have been number one if it were anybody. If it were Buster Posey, if it were Pablo Sandoval, if it were anybody. A pennant-winning home run is right up there with just the greatest moments in a franchise's history. But because it's Travis Ishikawa, a guy who was drafted by the Giants, came up as a prospect, sort of middled around, he floated away, floated back, uh, was playing a position that he had no business playing. All (laughs) of that is just so wild. It's just, I mean, I can't imagine like that analogy in another sport. Like, oh, you know, the Niners drafted JT O'Sullivan. He's back. He's a he's a flanker now. You know, he's we're gonna <laughs> line him up in the slot and uh, let's see if he can catch the big championship one. And there touchdown. he goes. The 49ers are headed to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. I mean, it, I just I, I can't think of the right analogy, but it, it's sort of like that. It's bizarre. Okay, now that we've completed this absolutely gargantuan task, or rather you've completed it, listing (laughs) the 50 greatest San Francisco Giants home runs, what are your takeaways? This is a ridiculously spoiled franchise, just in terms of, it always was in terms of individual talent. When you were a Giants fan, a San Francisco Giants fan, you could fall back on, you had Mays, McCovey, Marichal, Cepeda, Perry, Bonds. You had just so much history. You had the New York history if you wanted to dip into that, but even the San Francisco history was was remarkable. But when it came to like postseason moments or these franchise moments, it really didn't pick up, which is why you had the Joe Morgan home run so venerated over time because it beat the Dodgers. It didn't win anything necessarily. It didn't make the postseason, but it at least they didn't get to win. Then you have a division winning home run with Brian Johnson. You sort of like ramp up where you have, you know, a home run that helps the Giants get to the World Series in 2002. And then when he hit 2010, just all these moments and great home runs and just now you have the history and those individual team moments and you can combine them together and it's it's a ridiculously spoiled fan base. Grant, this was so much fun. Thanks for all these uh, great memories during this ongoing quarantine. Keep up the great work. All right. Thanks so much, Kate. To read Grant's entire 11-part series on the 50 greatest home runs in San Francisco Giants history, just click the link in the description notes of our podcast here today. Don't forget, you can now listen to us through any of your Google devices. Just tell your assistant, play the update with Kate Scott Podcast. As always, if you're enjoying our podcast, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. For all of us here at The Update, thanks to Grant for stopping by. Thanks to my old friends, especially Tim Webb and Mike Holler back at KNBR for passing along all that great giant home run sound. And thanks to you for listening. I'm Kate Scott. Have a safe and healthy few days, everybody. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday.